This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Outstanding. We're back. I'm back. Ooze is not back. We have a jam-packed show for you guys today. A lot of stuff happening this week, a lot of news, a lot of injuries. But first, like always, social media, like, follow, subscribe, Roster Up Media. We're going to go into the review of week five, players you need to look out for for the waiver wire, and go through the, the studs and the duds. Me and Lance today. How you doing, Lance? I'm doing good. Doing good. Missing ooze, but otherwise... I'll keep it together. I think, I think I will. (laughs) All right. So I'll do the news. We got a lot of stuff, a lot of injuries. So starting with Russell Wilson, Thursday night, uh, ruptured 10 tendon in his finger after he kind of collided his hand with, uh, what's his name? Arnold Donald, uh, Aaron Donald, he's out for four to eight weeks. Um, monitor, you know, if you have, Oh my gosh, names are blanking on me today. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf. Lockett, Metcalf, yeah, they might be. It might be something you want to start thinking of pushing into your flex and making the decision game time. Yeah, but anyway, we'll get into that a little bit later. But we have George Kittle. He's on IR. Could miss a. He's gonna miss a couple weeks. Julio could miss week six, I believe. Yeah, because they're off this week. Yeah. And Barkley suffered, you know, an ankle sprain during Dallas game out to four weeks. If you didn't see the play, he literally just stepped on the defender's foot and then it just got rolled. What a terrible way to lose Saquon, me having him in two leagues. For those that picked up Daniel Jones, he suffered a concussion in the Dallas game. He could barely walk after that hit. He is week to week, though, unlike uh, Saquon. Calvin Ridley was out for personal reasons. And hopefully he'll be back. Carry over? Uh, No details on that so far. I am a Calvin. They're off this week. Yeah, they have the bye anyway. So you're not starting him anyway. But week seven, hopefully he's good to go. But he missed, you know, week five because of personal reasons, whatever those personal reasons were. Kenny G had a knee injury during the Dallas game as well. He's at least out for week six. Max Williams got carted off the field and he is done for the year with an LCL tear. So might want to look at whoever next up in the tight ends for the Cardinals. Um, Dalvin Cook sat out for the game. He was like a late scratch. We'll have to monitor him as well. Make sure, you know, keep him on your radar. He might be a late scratch again. You might always, obviously, always check your, you know, news, sleeper app, and your lineups right before game time because you don't know who's going to be a healthy scratch. Then we have Juju out for the year, which might help the Deontay Johnson and Ju- uh, Claypool. Damon Harris is week to week with the rib injury. CEH is out two to four weeks, it seems, with a 
uh, left knee MCL sprain. Curtis Samuel is out for the year. Justin Fields is week to week, got hurt in the game. And Trey Lance is probably out for week, uh, at least week six. There's probably some more. So like we always say, make sure you check your news, check your sleeper. But a lot of injuries this week, a lot of people headed to IR and some people out for the year. So we will get to more detail in the waiver section. But Lance, it's time for studs and duds now. Studs and duds. Um, yeah, let's get into the studs and duds. Let's go with the QBs. We had some um, we had some shakeups at the top there, right? We have Lamar Jackson putting in his cardiac game. Uh, if you were watching, basically the Colts were manhandling him for three quarters, and then partway through the fourth quarter, all of a sudden everything locked in. Marquise Brown started going off. Yeah, Lamar started going off. It just it looked like a totally different team, totally different game. They pulled out the win. They go into overtime, continue to put up those points. Didn't help me. Maybe it helped some <laughs> of you other guys, but I'd love to see it. So real quick, I'm facing Jordan in another league of the league I'm in with Ooze. And he's texting me. He had Jonathan Taylor and Marquise Brown going, and I had a significant lead. 112 to like 78 going into the game. He says, like, you know, halfway through the third quarter or something like that, like, you know, you our game's gonna be close. You may, but you're, you should be good because Marquise Brown didn't show up. I said, all you need is one Marquise Brown touch bomb and I'm going to lose. And literally three minutes later is when he scored that touchdown. I could have flipped everything in the house because <laughs> I literally spoke it into existence. But I digress. Yeah. We that was had... a big game people were looking for from Jackson. I mean, if, if they drafted him as high as I've seen him going in the leagues, he was the second third quarterback coming off a lot of draft boards and as you can see he put up 41 points in that league that you're looking at he put up 47 in some others and even with that total he's still only top 16 quarterback right now yeah i mean that's just how much everybody else is well not just top 16 i mean he's um he's he's got no he's got he's got a lot of points he's the third highest scorer Right. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson and, and Tom Brady. Tom Brady's still that he shouldn't be up there, but he's still up there with the points for the season. I put in our notes next to Tom Brady, ageless wonder. This man, 411 yards, uh, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. They said it was the I, first time he did both of those in the same Exactly. Game. Yeah, that was the stat I was going to bring up. The first time he's done that ever. And he's doing it at, what, 42 or whatever the age he is? 42, yeah, 42 and a half. And looks like he could play even longer. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous with him. Yeah. And that is, you know, being overshadowed by Josh Allen's 315 and three touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. And then, obviously, we have Justin Herbert at the top with 398 four touchdowns and one rushing touchdown and he's just getting it done multiple ways and that cleveland game i don't does high scoring 42 to 47 like dear lord mm-hmm. anyone yeah, else cleveland, 
Cleveland yeah. definitely had the inside track up until then. But even with all those points, it wasn't Baker Mayfield doing it. It was Kareem Hunt, who Ooze was a little bit down on this week, and Nick Chubb putting it in too. So, yep. I mean, I agree with Baker's wife or fiance or whatever she is. You can't blame May, uh, Baker Mayfield. It's not like their defense was tackling anybody, stopping anything. But at the same time, he's he's only good for 250 and two touchdowns, right? He's, he's not putting up Tom Brady or Justin Herbert numbers. He's not putting up Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen stats. He's just a, a managing quarterback. Yeah. He did have 305 and two touchdowns and was, looks like, six on this format. Yeah. High this week, but not typically. All right. Let's keep it going with the running backs. Um, of course, we have King Henry, your boy, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is, is the one that really kills me because he had three points going into the fourth quarter. He and did. then the defense pulled him into the end zone. Yeah, one of his touchdowns was he wasn't even trying to get into the end zone. The defense yeah. grabbed him and, and dragged him in five <laughs> yards out. That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you got lucky. He put in one touchdown himself, and then the defense put in another one for him. He ended up with two touchdowns, I believe. And he's another cardiac cat right there. I mean, if you were watching it, he he had nothing until then. So let's talk about Gaskins for a second. Because obviously, there's some issue there. (laughs) Uh, If Ooze was here, he would just start talking. He would just start the rant, basically, how we have him in our FFPC league. We started him the first two weeks. We benched him the past however many weeks. And then this week, when we could have used him to win, he's on our bench and blows up for being 32 points and being, or yeah, 32 points and being tied for second overall RB of this week. So, I mean, is this looking a at last week, looking at last week, I don't blame anybody for having him on the bench, right? Yeah, I had him in, I had him on my bench in one of my leagues, mainly because he had, I think two touches, one touches and three yards last week. And this week, all of a sudden, yeah, two carries, three yards. Yeah, exactly. Two carries, three yards against Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I and don't then, understand. And is, then he this, puts up 31 points. Yes. This is equivalent Indiana last week. This is equivalent of having just zero points because if you're in a regular ESPN league, like our other one, like me and news, this would just be zero because you have to reach 10 points to get a point. So right. he basically gave you a goose egg and then he comes out and becomes uh, crazy. running back too. And it wasn't as if they didn't run the ball at all against Indianapolis. They were using Malcolm Brown. They were using another running back. It's not like he was getting no looks because they weren't running it at all. So it was hard to judge with him. Gaskins is going to be one of those things where you're going to live and die by whatever points he gives you, uh, which doesn't mean you want him in RB2. It means you put him in your flex if you're that daring. Um, but as we got the bye weeks coming up, you may be forced to, to, flex the, to actually start him. Yep, this is true. This is true. Uh, let's see, who else? Your boy cracked top 10 again, Ezekiel Elliott. Are you mad, sad? You're going to either lose one bet or have your fancy team be in disarray. I mean, no, so far I'm, I'm good, right? The only two of the Cowboys, actually, only one of the Cowboys 
is performing up to what they need to do. Oh, two, if you count Amari Cooper. Dak isn't even in the top 10 in quarterbacks still. Oh, hold up. CD Lamb is not performing in the third round. And Michael Gallup isn't even played. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Is this not sorted? I was about to say. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Top 10, Dak. Top 10. He was drafted in the sixth round. Yeah. Which means he was like the eighth quarterback off. And so this was a week that brings him closer. He was he was outside of the top 12 looking up. And a lot of those people that were in there, Sammy D was in there. They started falling back out because of two bad weeks in a row. C.D. Lamb needs to step it up or Dak needs to keep in, uh, improving. So I might be I might be squeaking out a two out of five win there. Uh, uh. Um. But I, I want to see Zeke continue to do it. Um, I do like that Dallas Cowboys are putting up points in both lands, right? It's not just running back and it's not just wide receiver. It's actually both. Yep. Uh, it is a little concerning that they have to put up all those points, um, not against the Giants, but typically that they have to put up all those points. But um, they're four and one. They, they can't complain about being in that record. And for fantasy owners, we can't really complain because – I can start. Um, I can start Tony Pollard and and put uh, Zeke in and not worry about them eating into each other. Yeah, two different game plans, and it's yep. working nicely right now. It's almost like if you had other two people, other running backs around him, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in your lineup at the same time. I mean, uh, let's be let's be clear. Pollard is not a Kareem Hunt. <laughs> well, cl- similar, similar. Similar, just not the same production. Yeah, I'd say Kareem Hunt any day. Oh, of course. I would too. I'm just saying it's similar to that. And I was just wanted to highlight these running backs around Zeke. Uh, anyway, anyone else on here that you want to kind of look at? I mean, Cordell Patterson still had a decent game. Booker kind of obviously filled in for uh, Barkley being out. Jonathan Taylor put up big points. Najee Harris put up points despite me saying he wouldn't. Um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both still eating. I mean, if you had both of those running backs, that's 66, 67 points right there on your team. Yes, sir. And obviously, if Ooze was here, he would speak to this, and I think he would kind of go on the the lines of, you know, now it seems like we're seeing the Jonathan Taylor that we drafted from the draft. 20 uh, points the week before 31 this week over 100 rushing yards last week and uh, over 116 receiving yards this week so kudos to Jonathan Taylor all right for for stringing two together yeah let's keep it going wide receivers our old Williams yeah, so Mike Williams went off. Depending on your league, Mike Williams was higher scorer or Devontae Adams was. Um, in our league, Mike Williams was higher. Um, probably has to do with how many points we're getting per catch. But um, his touchdowns were wide open. There was nobody near him. Oh, yeah. That was kind of ridiculous. He just walked so, into the end zone in one of them. Yeah. The, the only thing I would say about Mike Williams is 
if you're fine with the production that he's been giving you as yardage, which is not anything to snub at, right? 82, 91, 122, 165, ignoring the dud he put up last week, which was 11 yards. Mm-hmm. If you're good with those yardage, and I would typically be, right? I'm going to keep him, but I'm not going to expect a whole heck of a lot more out of touchdowns out of him, right? If his upside is anywhere between 8 and 12, he's already at 6. He's halfway there. So you've got half those points those from the touchdowns in the first five games. That means you've got the next 12 weeks, which includes the bye, that you're not going to be getting all those touchdowns. Unless he's going to start challenging Randy Moss slash uh, Jerry Rice for the single season record for touchdowns going to above the 12 but typically you don't see a lot of receivers get above 12 and mostly you see them settle around the eight nine range very true very true i think Devonte adam had 18 last year i don't know who else i think maybe he didn't have 18 last year 18 that would have been a record no or what was moss's record 19 no, 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 no. Moss is like 23, right? It's like 20. Adams had 18, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Yeah, I guess Moss's record is, is 23. 18 receiving touchdowns. And then, yeah, Thielen was up there with four, 15. No, 14. And then Tyreek Hill with 15. I do not remember Evans getting 13. So that's, I guess, my kind of mentality or thought. Are we going to see Mike Williams get 18 touchdowns? You're thinking not. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking I'd be happy if he gets 10-12. I don't think he's going to get much higher than that. But his his yardage is high. So I'm not going to sell Mike Williams, even mm. though his his value is probably the highest it's going to be. I'm still not going to sell him because it's so consistent other than that one week. He's such a big target, and Justin Herbert doesn't seem to be slowing down. All right, all right. Moving along, we had Tooney on here who filled in for the injured Shepard and uh, Slayton. We still had Metcalf getting it done without uh, Russell Wilson. Jamar Chase is up here again. Mike Williams, Robert Woods. Robert Woods jumped off. Jamar Chase is is looking like he's going to be a rookie. I don't, I don't know. Would you say that he could get the rookie of the year honors? Did offense of rookie of the year? Did Justin Jefferson get it last year? No, I don't think they give it to to wide receivers typically. I think it ends yeah. up going to quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, obviously, some quarterback is probably going to win it again because you have so many rookie quarterbacks. But none of them are doing enough, right? Yeah. Justin Fields, Justin Fields put up a start, but I wouldn't say it's the best. So could we see Jamar Chase be the a rookie of the year wide receiver? I mean, if he keeps playing like this, yeah. But who knows? Now Joe Burrow has that throat thing, which we forgot to cover in the news. Don't even know how you know long he'll be in or out, but hopefully he's fine and they continue that. Uh, oh, Justin Herbert won it last year. Yeah, of course. Duh. Yeah, yeah. And then that was Kyler Murray. It's typically running back or or quarterback. The last wide receiver to get it was Odell Beckham. 
Okay, back in like 2014, 2013. Yeah. 2014, yep. Anyone else on this list you're kind of impressed with? You obviously have your boy Antonio Brown, which is always a start-sit decision. Yeah, that one heart hurts if you didn't start him. I had him benched in one league, started in another. Had him benched in the same league I had Gaskins benched. So you hate <laughs> to see 60-some points just sitting there. Yeah. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with Robert Woods. Claypool stepping up, but I didn't like that Deontay only really had that one bomb touchdown. Claypool was just gobbling everything up. Um, it was kind of weird to see that dynamic switch when there was only those two wide receivers. So we'll see next week. All right. Very true. Very true. Especially with Juju being out. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's hit these tight ends real quick. Just flat out Mark Andrews, everyone else. There's a big gap from him to David and Joku being number two, but Mm -hmm. Like to point out, Kyle Pitts, he showed up in London. Finally showed up in that list. At nine at 9.30 in the morning with no Calvin Ridley. Don't know how much that, you know, is affecting things here. But well, there was no Calvin Ridley, and they were playing the Jets. So yeah. there's a lot of a lot of factors there you gotta you gotta keep in mind. But one guy I want to point out, which we were talking about before the show started, was Dawson Knox. It seems like this could be his like favorite target right now because maybe Diggs is just being, you know, covered too well. Diggs isn't performing to the, you know, performance we need him to, especially me and Ooze in our FFPC league, who we have stacked with Josh Mm -hmm. Allen. Yeah. So what do you think about Dawson Knox real quick? Dawson Knox has put up great games the last three weeks, this week being the best of them both. Um, but the, the thing was, he only had like four targets in the last game. He made the most of it, putting up 117 yards and, uh, and a touchdown, but it was only four targets. Uh-huh. Um, and he only, he only pulled in three of those. So I would like to see more targets go his way. But, I mean, it doesn't hurt that he's there, right? He's catching touchdowns every week. But again, if you're relying on certain players for touchdowns, you might want to start thinking of selling them because uh, touchdowns won't always be there. Correct. Very correct. And Mark Andrews, I mean, the game was just too ridiculous and it was just out of hand. Um, that was just like almost an outlier week for him, which we'll take it. It didn't help me win my league, but we'll take it. Other than that, you know, he's, you got Kelsey up there, his usual performance. Dalton Schultz is up here, which I like to see as well. I have him. I grabbed him a couple of weeks ago in a lot of leagues. So I hope up, hope he keeps up his performance. But um, is this is this it, Lance? Because obviously if Ooze is here, this would be a bigger discussion. But the, is this it? Is this the turning point for Kyle Pitts? Or is that no. just the outlier no. game? Uh, I, I think you may get good starting stuff out of him. You might get 10, 12 points, but he's not going to be at the top of that list every single week. Um, I mean, if you drafted him, more likely than not, you spend a lot of draft capital on him. So you're probably going to keep him. My suggestion is to sell him high. Sell him, sell him after this game. Sell him while he's on the bye week. 
sell them why people are like, okay, I'll, I'll take a shot on that. Get what you can. Get a wide receiver who's who's good if you're lacking there. Get a running back who you could use if you're you're lacking there. You, but you could literally plug in Knox, Schultz, and Schultz, or even a different tight end that's just sitting out there. I mean, Hunter Henry is still available in a lot of leagues. He's put up two weeks in a row that are useful, um, just as useful as Kyle Pitts. Um, that's that's a solution there. But you're talking about a, a drop off of what four points at the most um, between a, a a streaming tight end and what you could get for uh, Pitts. Yeah, I don't know that that's enough when you could be starting a lesser wide receiver or running back in your flex spot and you could be getting somebody he's getting you six seven more points and more consistent so obviously ffpc i think we've talked about this before you really can't trade and not really like you really can't you can't there's no trades there's just pickups so like obviously we're stuck with kyle pitts in this league mm. there's oh, another league. Trade, right there is another league where we have i have him and there's i got two other tight ends the bench is a little bit bigger so looking to sell him but who knows how it's gonna go anyway let's get into these duds the guys that kind of crapped up your team this week starting with the qbs i mean kirk cousin started off hot and now he's not basically russell wilson hurt his hand justin fields got hurt during the game daniel jones if you started got hurt but some guys that were doing fairly well, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, all kind of, you know, especially Derek Carr were looking good. And now it was just like mediocre or less than mediocre performances. So out of some of these well, guys, who, who concerns you, Lance? I mean, Carr is going to really concern me. Um, Goff, we knew what Goff was, right? He had one good week, week one. He's terrible. There's a reason why he was traded. Um, Sam Darnold's coming back down to earth. Maybe he can figure out how to stop throwing it to the other team. Um, I want to understand how he can blame this on the Jets, but uh, I'd love to hear that from some people. Um, <laughs> but that being said, Christian McCaffrey is going to come back. It's going to be slightly different. Maybe he becomes like a backup for you. Um, but he's, he's definitely not going to be top five quarterback in fantasy anymore. Right. Uh, and that's where he was sitting before this week um, in some of the leagues. I'm worried about Carr because although he's kind of similar to Kirk Cousins in the sense that he's got those hot streaks and those cold streaks, he just lost his head coach. And you can say what you want about whether or not he was even anything more than a mediocre head coach and whether or not he won the Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team, which he did. And he only won it because he knew how to play against Rich Gannon, which he did. Um, he's not been able to do anything but below par coaching ever since. But that is a change, and quarterbacks are very susceptible to shakeups in those organizations. So Carr wasn't exactly something that was great throughout his career to start with. He's more of a managing quarterback, and it's only going to get more managing after this. Um, I got to imagine more and more of the coaches that we're dealing with them on a day-to-day basis are going to have to pick up the work that Gruden may have been doing. And that's just going to take more and more away from the corrections and the coaching that he needs 
Uh, so that one, drop them because there's no market for trade there. If you're going to try and spin it and get a trade for some anything, he is still second in uh, passing yards. So you can kind of throw that into your argument. If mm -hmm. not, maybe you're dropping him. It all depends on your roster construction. Any other quarterback that you're kind of concerned with? No. Henneke is, I mean, he's a backup quarterback. He's on a team. It might just swing around next week. Um, but no. Uh, other than that, Zach Wilson, I mean, look, he had one good game against a terrible team. And then he ended up playing terrible in another game. I mean, that's what rookies are. All right. Now we've got the running backs of real mix of a bunch, I guess you would say here. Ronald Jones, Miles Sanders, Melvin Gordon, uh, Chase Edmonds, who keeps getting the goal line carries taken away from Connor, and it is killing me in multiple teams. Tyson Williams, even with all that crazy like offense in that game, Clyde Edwards-Alaire got hurt, and then I don't know. There's probably a couple more. Who concerns you? You know, in this list, Lance. Um. Well. Anybody who – Gordon just put up a stinker of a week. I mean, I wouldn't chalk that up to him being replaced. Um, Miles Sanders, we saw it coming to a certain extent. We did think that he was going to drop off this week. Um, and Gainwell is definitely taking more and more from him. So uh, that particular person, um, I would put him on the trade block. Um, Ronald Jones, you're not going to get anything for. Um, but unfortunately, Giovanni Bernard has taken his spot. Um, and Fournette is their main running back. So it's he's not catching anything out of the backfield. He's only coming in the, to give Fournette some uh, breathers. It's, it's, not, it's not a three-headed uh, committee. It's really a two-headed committee, and he's the odd person now. Um, so him and Sanders are the ones that I'm concerned with. Anyone else that I did not mention? Anyone on your team? A Trey Sermon? Someone else? You kind of put in your flex? No, I mean, I have Chase Edmonds in my flex. I picked up the backup corning back in uh, Tennessee just because I need something. Um, a lot of these leagues, if you're anything like me, it's the people on your bench are people who are, are just coming in for injured players. They're not real second running backs. They're not real useful to you at all. You're just hoping that the week that you need them, they're able to do something for you. Very true, very true. All right, wide receivers. And we got a couple of those guys. A.J. Brown, after coming back from the injury, Chenault, with uh, Chark being done for the year, you would thought he would have stepped up. Um, DJ Moore, Thielen, Boyd, Robbie Anderson, Cooks, who was off to a good start. OBJ, I think I said him, AJ Green, Corey Davis, and you know Brandon Ayuk, and anyone else that, who else I didn't mention, but major concerns here. Um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, right? 
you got to be concerned with the fact that they're going to lose their quarterback uh, for four to six weeks. You got to be concerned because they weren't that Lockett started off hot those first two games, but and then Metcalf had the game after that. But realistically, that offense didn't look good outside of those fantasy points. And the last two weeks kind of showed you that with they didn't put up much in week four. And in week five, they've got the injury. And I mean, Wilson was in most of the game, but for the most part, didn't do much for everybody. Thielen had a bad game, um, two bad games in a row, but he's still getting looks, right? He had eight targets the game before. He only had three in this one. Could just be the team. Could just be the offense that particular week. It's hard to tell with Kirk Cousins. Um, It could be totally different if Cook comes back healthy. Um, so Thielen's not one of those ones that I'm too worried about because he's been around, he's been able to put in the work, um, but Lockett and DK Metcalf, yeah, I, I'm worried about those two. What's your mentality there? Ship them off, get something in return? Uh, you could try to ship them off. Like, these trades are hard, especially when somebody has an injury at a quarterback it's high profile and people are going to be looking at it. If you were dealing with, say, um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, I would have already tried to sell them off high, mm-hmm. especially DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson is going to be deflated to start with. He wasn't doing that great with Darnold. And now that Darnold's got two games under his, or got a game under his belt looking terrible and going the wrong direction. Um, DJ Moore is his price is going to come down a little bit. You could have sold him off of the last week. Um, if you try and sell him off of this week, people are going to look and say, "You're crazy! What are you doing here?" Um, I still was trying to get out of the DJ Moore and maybe diversify out of Carolina, but I could see some people wanting to stay there. Just see if they can continue striking iron there. All right. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. We've got the tight ends. We can't skip it. We got to do it for ooze. We got to cover everything. So, Fant, Kasiki had an okay game, I would say, but Fant kind of did you in. Hawkinson. That's two weeks now that we've mentioned Fant. Yeah. It was two weeks back that he had a bad week, too. And then also Tunyon, Dallas Goddard, and Jared Cook, who I happened to drop in one of my leagues the other week. Darren so, Waller put up six points. Oh, yeah. Forgot about Darren Waller. Rob Gonkowski killing you. He put up eight, but that's not his typical numbers that you want from him. So, I mean, this could be an off game. So, I didn't really include him as a dud, but I guess technically could be, but. Any of those lower guys, the guys that gave you five or under points, like Hawkinson, he was drafted high. Noah Fant was sometimes drafted high. Any of these guys concern you? Um, I mean, at Noah Fant, if you drafted them high, they do concern me. Um, that's why I bring up Waller. Waller was typically took, taken third, third mm-hmm. tight end coming off the board. And usually before the fourth round. Um, so anybody putting up just, uh, I don't know if you've got full PPR in the league that you're looking at, but six to eight points, especially if you're talking full PPR, he should have been anywhere. 
he should actually be averaging more than that. He should be averaging something like 12 points. But if you take out that first game against Baltimore, he's had some very pedestrian games and a touchdown really only lifting his points two weeks back. Um, and it's only going to get worse with, with Carr and the situation without their head coach anymore. Um, so that one, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of trademark for Darren Waller outside of the fact that maybe you can tell him, hey, that he's the fourth highest scoring uh, tight end in the league. How about we do something for this? Um, outside of that, he doesn't really have a whole lot going for him. That first week really does him in. If anybody looks at his production and thinks about what's going to go forward. Um, Fant, I don't know. I don't know how to take Teddy Bridgewater right now. Um, beginning part of the year, it looked like Denver was the team to, to maybe worry about coming out of the AFC West. And that's definitely switched over. Um, it's right back to the Chargers. It's the Chargers to lose at this point. Uh, and we don't see the Chiefs coming back up on them. Um, that being said, Noah Fant has taken a nosedive with that production dive from Teddy Bridgewater. And um, the running backs not working out, aren't helping it out. Um, we've got two solid games out of him, but both of those games that we call solid were games that he had touchdowns in. So he's somebody that relies on touchdowns. I'd say if he scores another touchdown in the next week, I would try and sell him. Decisions, decisions. There's always these other implications that you are thinking about. And obviously the what if factor, which is a big one that plays in people's mind. But uh, to piggyback off of that real quick, I have Darren Waller in our rough league, the league of record basically would ooze and he's my keeper. So do I trade my keeper away and kind of just deal with it next year or kind of retain him for next year, knowing that that was going to be my keeper for, I don't know, two, three years, but. He was going to be your keeper for two, three years. Um, what round did you have him in and what round were you keeping him in? So you lose the round above. So I got him in the sixth last year. So I lost my fifth. And I think I actually asked you guys on the show that same exact question. Cause I had like Joe Burrow in the 14th round or something like that. Mm. So the consensus, which I was also leaning, leaning towards to was Waller. Um, right. I mean, you might, I would try and trade him away. Um, Cause I'm not going to want to keep him for a fourth. So, you know how those football players, they they're like, oh, they let somebody go for a six round pick better to get a six round than knowing you're not going to resign these people. Or the NBA, they do the same thing, right? Yeah. So maybe trade them, hoping to get something back, and knowing that maybe there's some tight ends that you have, whether or not you picked up Dawson, whether or not you have uh, Schultz sitting on your bench waiting to be put in. Um, you're just waiting to get rid of Waller, taking that uh, roster spot up. You hear that, uh, roughly? Waller is on the trading block, but don't send me no crazy trades because you guys like to do that sometimes. All right. We kind of went through the cardiac cats earlier, mainly the whole Baltimore Ravens offense, Eckler. Um, Let's get into the question. And I don't know who my person is yet, but 
Lance, I want to hear your thoughts. Who is the second half MVP candidate for fantasy football and why? Yeah, so the second half I would have to pick, which is a 180 on this particular player, uh, Justin Herbert. Um, He's probably the first half MVP as well, considering what he just put in last week. Um, he's at the top of the board in, in scoring for quarterbacks. Um, what I like him doing uh, is handling, um, throwing these touchdowns to people who aren't just his studs. It's not just Keenan Allen. It's not just Mike Williams. Although this past week, Mike Williams did go off. And, but in those uh, scenarios where those two aren't performing, which we could just look back to last week. He was able to still get touchdowns without them. He was still able to put up yardage and, and get his team to win without that. Um, he's got spry legs. He's not going to put in touchdowns running the same way Josh Allen would, but he did get a touchdown last week. He had uh, four rushes for 30 yards and that touchdown, which gave him those five touchdowns he needed for that. And that's the two additional points with that rushing touchdown. He's looking around to throw the ball, and that team's just going to continue to get better and better at catching that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I hope and I expect that he continues this upward tra- uh, trajectory and continues to, to perform, mainly because he's not just reliant on one or two receivers. He's been able to do it without uh, the performance from them, which just makes it more of he's able to to read the field the, they're able to call the plays to get somebody open even if it's not the first option i can dig it i can dig it um so in that rant were you able to find somebody yourself typically you can you can knock off uh tight ends tight ends aren't going to be your your mvp and unless you've put up a randy moss 2007 kind of season it's not normally going to be a wide receiver either yeah, that's I was looking at running backs first, and I feel like it's a running back. I almost want to go Najee. I think the Cordell Patterson hype is might or performance might be a little bit done, might come back to regular numbers and maybe just hit like 12, 10 points a week, which maybe he was like your fantasy first quarter um, MVP right there. But I like what they're doing with Najee Harris and Juju just went down the targets and the utilization out of him. If they continue his usage, I could see him being the second half MVP, especially, you know, if they're going for like a playoff spot or something in uh, Pittsburgh. It's just hard for me to look at Najee Harris and go with him when I know the king is out there. Derrick Henry, yeah, he's just he, he just putting up those those points, those 30 points, those 50 points. It's just I hope he doesn't burn out by the end of the season, but like if he, he continues that way, you think Najee will catch him? I don't need or want Najee to catch him necessarily. Like he may not be the leader but where you drafted him in the third, fourth round, that might like boost your, you know, fancy team to like 
the next level, basically, especially if you got someone. So like, like one of my teams is basically Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris and Antonio Gibson. All I need is, you know, CMC to come back healthy. Antonio Gibson to keep doing his thing. But if Najee takes that step, then hopefully my mm-hmm. whole team is just. Yeah. Well, OK, so let me swing it the other way on myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Najee, if I had him on my team, I would. But Derrick Henry, I might be selling. And not because I think he's going to be a bum, but or that he what he's putting up right now is going to come down because this is fake numbers. These are inflated. I think his usage is, is way too high. And because we got the one extra week this year and the fact that they're not even they're they're playing for the playoffs, but they're not close to a spot. Like Tennessee Titans are not yeah. great right now. So they're relying on him a whole lot more than you would expect. He's on pace to have the record number of carries in the season. And he's also on pace to set the record for rushing yards in a season. Now he's doing it in one extra game. Um, But that kind of usage is too high on somebody like him. Um, He's a workhorse, but I would hate for him to break down on me when I need him towards the playoffs, if I can get two good players for him. Yeah. That would be your angle there. You would have to get two really decent players for him. Two starters. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Um, maybe not a running back starter. Cause you, who's going to really want to do that kind of stuff, but two starters and wide receivers you come out with Devontae Adams and somebody's got Mike Williams at the same time. I mean, who wouldn't do that trade to to get rid of Henry for that? Um, yeah. Whether or not the team on the other end, end would do that trade, um, I don't know. But that could be something. All depends on your roster construction. All right. Let's get into the waiver wires real quick. And who's come prepared next week with uh, your second half MVP candidate. But uh, let's give out a few waiver wires. Let's do three each and uh, give the people some suggestions. So I'll go first. I like Tooney off of the Giants with Shepard and Slayton being out. Um, Let me look up his stats real quick because he had a ridiculous type game. But obviously with the injuries on the Giants, hopefully Daniel Jones comes back from the concussion, but he had 13 targets, 10 receptions, ridiculous catches, 189 yards against Dallas. And now the secondary, you know, isn't the greatest, but it's stepped up because we're leading the league in interceptions and it isn't as bad as it used to be. So he did that on a okay Dallas defense and he could have done more if he didn't get ejected. So, Tooney, if you have him already, great. If you don't have him, go get him. If, um, whatchamacallit, Daniel Jones comes back out of the concussion protocol, they're going to have to throw it because they don't have Barkley and they're always down in games. So, go get him. Lance, your turn. Uh, yeah. So, Giovanni Bernard is still out there for a lot of leagues. Um, 
he is their second option. He's the running back coming out of the backfield for those passing downs. So if he's out there, um, get him, get him into your, uh, to your lineup or at least onto your bench um, as we got these bye weeks coming up. Uh, yeah. And if you had Ronald Jones, I would just drop him straight for, you know, G-Line still. I think you're definitely going to win uh, that bet you had with Ooze. Moving right along, another giant player, Booker. Uh, Saquon's out two to four weeks. He put up decent numbers in the game in um, Saquon's absence. So be on the lookout. I mean, whenever you can get a backup for cheap to replace a high-volume player, example, Saquon Barkley, that's kind of like you know your perfect waiver wire scenario. So, you know, if you have fab, fab aspects, you might be spending a decent amount on him because right now it's only projected two to four weeks for Saquon to come back and it could be a little bit longer. So if you're lacking at RB depth, you might be looking at trying to go anywhere between 25% to 50% of your fab because you're getting to the point where we got to start winning some games. Lance? Yeah, so a lot of people are going to look at Njoku's stats from last week and, and jump on him and, and really take that tight end and, and hope that he's going to continue to string that together. I just don't have confidence in Baker Mayfield looking to him. I think it was a one-off situation. However, Hunter Henry is still out there for a lot of people. And he put up two good weeks in a row with Mac Jones. Um, he's got touchdowns in both those weeks. He's got more targets than he typically does. He was averaging anywhere between three and four. Now he's up in the five to eight range. Um, so if he's able to stay a part of that offense, he's the tight end they're going to be looking to, not Junu Smith. Uh, and he's got a, a kind of synergy right now with Mac Jones there. All right, all right. And my last one, I'm going to go ride the tight end train as well. Um, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard has COVID as I was looking through the notes. So, and he wasn't getting a lot of, you know, uses and targets anyway. So if you're really desperate on tight end, cause the Dawson Knox and other people are gone, maybe look to Zach Ertz because the Eagles, they do have a decent offense with Jalen Hurts, you know, under center. So you might want to take that option if you're, you know, you're desperate. Lance, why don't you finish us off with one last waiver wire? One last waiver wire. Chris Moore had a good game um, out of Houston. Mills was throwing out to him. If you're looking for a, a wide receiver to plug in, um, he might not be the one that you want to actually look for, right? Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Houston, and you really, you're really not sure who's going to get it from week to week. It's going to be Cooks. It's going to be Connolly. It's going to be more. I would wait for that to shake out. Um, Devontae Harris, uh, Deontay Harris, though, out of New Orleans, him and Winston, when they hit, they hit together. Uh, he's on a bye week this week. You can risk not trying to pick him up this week and try and pick him up the next, but they're the first ones going through bye week. That means they're going to be there when you start hitting your, your headache ones, which week seven, 
is almost a nightmare bye week situation. Um, he's going to be one that's going to be available. Hopefully, New Orleans Saints are playing at home and they're looking to uh, to right the ship if they're at home. Um, otherwise, it's kind of been up and down for New Orleans. It's kind of slim pickings at this point in the season. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, Lance, it's been real. Ooze, you're missed. But we did it. We got through a show with only two of us. I think this is the first time. So there you have it. Week five review, waiver wire pickups, the studs and duds, the super studs, I would say, with Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. But there it is, folks. We'll be back later on with week six preview. And we'll be here the rest of the season to carry out your fancy, you know, goals. I don't know, championships, all that jazz. So that's it from us. Lance, any final words? Get ready for trade season. If you haven't started, <laughs> get ready. Those offers are kind of coming hot and coming crazy. Lastly, the league of record, the rough league, trades happen right after the draft. So one couple of leagues well into uh, trade season already other leagues that I don't even think there has been one, but anyway, that's our show. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.